Welcome to the files of the AYR, yaoihunters.com. Today we revisit a well-known Yowie red zone, inland from the Queensland Sunshine Coast. Like its New South Wales namesake, Blackbutt Queensland is also surrounded by Yowie sightings. The name Blackbutt was derived from a species of eucalypt native to the location, and the Aboriginal term for this tree is Benarkin in the Wacker Wacker language. Alongside the small township of Blackbutt is the Benarkin State Forest. In the last census combined, both Benarkin and Blackbutt had a population of just 61. We've reported on many sightings surrounding Blackbutt, including Jimbo, Kuya Nanango in 1938, and the Nanango Prince in 2016, Kingaroy, Crestbrook Creek, Mergen, Manambar, and Gallangawan, remote footprints found at Widgee. Jimna, Imble, Kenilworth and Conondale, Woodford, Kilcoy, Deer Park Reserve, Sandy Creek, the location that made national news in 1980 after Warren Christensen and Tony Solano allegedly shot at a Yowie while hunting. Esk and Crestbrook, the Aguilet National Park and more footprints located between Benarkin and Leeville. Just to the north, we have the location where I was struck by the Yowie in 2009, which is also surrounded by numerous reports. In October of 1979, the Gympie Times reported of a Yowie sighting alongside the Wide Bay Highway between the townships of Mergen and Kilkeven. Mrs Loki said she saw the animal just before dusk. She states, it had broad shoulders and it stood there looking at us as we drove past. We didn't go back for another look and would not have told anyone if we hadn't have heard of a report of someone finding ape-like footprints in the same area. In the midst of all these reports, it's time to head back to Blackbutt, and I'll hand it over to Sarah Bignall as I say, Welcome to the Benarkin State Forest. It's so bizarre hearing you on the phone now. You've got the best voice, by the way, to listen to. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you should be, like, bigger. Thanks so much. I really, you've just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how come I'm like this, but I see lots of things. So um, it's not just this couple of topics that, you know, the Black Panther and the Yowie. We've just come across a, a lot of things. But I have an Indigenous background, so... Sometimes I think we're open to that more than others. You contacted us about two uh, Yowie sightings that you had near Blackbutt. There were two. There was one on a New Year's Eve. Was it January the 1st, the year 2000? And the other one was 2002. It was like probably around March because it was Blackbutt's really cool. At night it was chilly but not cold where you're having to rug up. Tell me the stories in as much detail as you can remember. We can start with the New Year's Eve one and I'll try not to interrupt you and let you 
tell me in as much detail as you can and then I'll ask some follow-up questions afterwards, okay? Right. Well, I was coming home from Brisbane because of the New Year's celebrations and I was a single mum of four. So I had my eldest son in the front of my car. It was a Toyota Tarago, so no air conditioning, windows down. They're all asleep. So I'm guessing that it was approximately around about 3.30 because I was coming from my sister's home, which was in the middle of the city. I'm heading up the range. Now, the range, Blackbutt Range starts off and it's got a really windy area. And then you sort of get to the top of that. And then it goes into another sort of incline up. It goes again. It wasn't on the windy part. It was going past that and going up to the next area, which is called Benarkin State Forest, I believe. So I'm coming up that and I'm doing 100K and I've got music going. I've always got music going. So the Tarago is nothing quiet. <laughs> and with the music going to, I wouldn't have been stealth at all. The range at one point has... Um, three lanes, there's an overtaking lane going up. I was in that um, three-lane area. It slightly comes around a corner. It's not like a corner. It's a slight bend. As I came around, my high beams on, obviously, it all of a sudden hit this creature. When I say creature, I knew jolly well what it was. Straight away, knew what it was. It had stepped out from the left-hand side three steps it took to cross three lanes and it looked at me it wasn't like eye contact because my high beams are on I'm trying to guess how far away it was when I hit that bend 100 meters in front the length of a big pool anyhow as I first had it in sight of course, I'm still travelling at 100k and I didn't slow down. I don't remember like thinking, oh, you should slow down. I'm wanting to get a better look at this thing because it's moving across the lane quickly. Like I said, my windows are down. I'm shock excited, I guess is the way to say it, not scared. Then as it crossed to the right side, it literally bent down. And the bush is extremely thick there on both sides. There's probably about a metre, a meter, yeah, a metre, metre and a half clearance from the road before it hits really thick bush again. The only way I can describe it, it was like it turned into a stump. When I've driven past, there's a stump. That's the only thing that I question about the whole sighting is how it turned into a stump. Now, I'm going back and forwards from Brisbane to Blackbutt all the time at that stage, you know, at least once a week. And when I've come back again looking at exactly where it was, there was no stump. Whether they can camouflage themselves to look sort of like that, but it was pretty clear. And I've, I've, yeah, that's the one thing that I've only ever questioned my um, sighting about was how the heck it looked like it turned into a stump. They seem to yeah. be masters at camouflage, masters at looking like a tree. 
And so other people have said that too, like they yes. camouflage. Yes, lots of they people can. have said that, yeah. But I know what I saw and it did turn into a stump or it like when it crouched down, it looked like it was a stump. I don't think it turned into a stump, but yeah. From what I understand from the many witnesses who've spoken to us and uh, Dean Harrison and his experiences too is that they are incredibly skilled at hiding in the forest and remaining yeah. motionless and appearing tree-like so that yeah. you, you don't well, even notice they're sense. there. Yeah. yeah, it does make sense. Well, when it looked at me, it was it was like I was a nuisance. You know, it was like, I wouldn't say it was angry, but it was, wasn't happy. And it just looked like, oh, you know, gosh, now you've seen me <laughs> type thing. It sort of had a frown, but it was so quick. So you did see a little bit of a face, enough of a face to see that it was frowning. What? So this was in your headlights too, wasn't it? Yes. And I'm moving quickly towards it. So by the time that I'm like really looking at it when it's like looking at me, I'm guessing it's probably 15 metres, you know. And did you see the colour of the face? Yes. I would put it as like leathery dark, not black, but not far off it. If you put a black handbag in the, like, you, you've wrecked it, you've put it in the water, you've, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like that where it's not the same colour as black anymore. It's sort of faded into a dark sort of grey colour. Did you get an idea of whether there was hair or fur on the face? There was a bit on the face, like around the cheeks, but not around the eyes, not so much around the mouth, but underneath. The chin, it was sort of beardy, like mm-hmm. probably a couple of inch beard. What colour was the hair? Did you get a chance to see that? Really dark red, really dark red. And that's the best way I can describe it. It's still brown because it's so much more red to it. I guess an Albany colour on the browns, yeah. You first noticed it, it was just stepping onto the road, you said, right? Yes, just stepped out. Like I got it as it foot landed the first foot, yeah. How tall did you reckon it was? Easy seven, maybe a bit more. I just don't want to exaggerate. But my daughter's friend's um, seven foot two and I swear that it was taller than he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would like to put it between seven and eight foot. What was the posture like? Was it standing quite upright or? Uh, Yes, definitely upright. And um, I believe it has a neck. I, it's not a neck like us. It's like when someone has overdone weights and all of that muscle, then it just looks like your head's joined to your shoulders because all that muscle is sort of joined in. And that's how I saw it. It was more like, it has a neck, but it, it was all muscle, not a neck like ours where we have like, you know, a bit of a stretch, you know. It steps out in about three steps to cross the road. The first step, it was already sort of halfway across the lane, if you know what I mean. Then three steps and off it, it's across. The expression on the face that you said, it looked at me like I was a nuisance. 
There was a frown. You could see the eyebrow yeah, area. The eyebrows came down at the middle, you know, like, you know when someone frowns and they get that crease down the middle of in between their eyebrows? Yes, I've got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like that, me too. <laughs> and I was touching it. <laughs> yeah, so it was like that where the two eyebrows come down into the middle. It was like, and not impressed, not impressed. Did you actually see that expression move into that position? Did you see the forehead scrunch up? I would say I saw it move out of that expression. Right. What did the face do after that? That's when it turned again and went to the bush and ducked. Yep. Did you get a look at the arms or the legs? Yes. As a girl, I remember going to the movies and you know how, I don't know how old you are, but they used to play little movies before the movie. I remember clearly going to this movie, I was about five, and they played the Bigfoot movie from America, the famous one. There's no way in heck it was that thickness, not at all. It was much more lean than that, but um, legs and arms, very similar. So it's similar to the Patterson-Gimlin films, so big and muscular. uh, not as thick and muscular as that one, not at all. This was much more lean, amazing-looking creature. If anyone had a boyfriend that had that shape, you'd be really happy. Very big shoulders coming down to the waist. Arms were longer, probably to knees. Legs were shorter because the torso was longer, but I wouldn't say that they were short legs. It's just that the torso was so long. Did you get a a look at the hands? Yeah, I did. That's one thing I I remember. Its hands were so normal. As far as I could tell, the fur came down or hair came down to uh, onto the back of the palms, but there was obvious fingers. And same with the feet. There was obvious feet. It wasn't just all fur. You could see toes on the end of the feet? I just remember seeing feet, so I'm guessing that that image was all toes and feet. It was obvious feet. How long do you reckon the hair on the body was? From what I observed, it was different lengths at different places. So the top of the head, not so long, but still I would say a couple of inches not on the face, that was shorter. Then behind the backs of the arms and elbows and that, longer. The body on the back of the body and the legs, I would say, oh, probably a couple of inches as well. But when it looked at me, it sort of moved from the hip. So the chest turned as well as the head and it was lighter on the front. The front was nowhere near as hairy as what its back was. Did you get a feeling of whether it was male or female? I would say male. What gave you that feeling? It just looked like a male. I don't know why I would say that. It just looked like a male and it looked like a a cranky one. When I say cranky, that's probably not the right word. Do you know when men get kicked off? 
that's what it looked like when it looked at me. So I just thought, oh, look at him, he's cranky. So that was my thought. Do you get a feeling of of the age? Whether do you reckon it was an older creature or a younger creature? If it was men, our way of thinking, because obviously we can only go by that, 35 to 40. Did you notice any smell? No, I didn't. It crosses the road in three steps. One foot was already on the road a bit. By the third step, it was already across, and that's three lanes. A step per lane is, is quite a long gate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it moving quickly? It was, but not really. It could have moved quicker. And was it swing it was its arms? Similar to how we would when it was striding, the arms was moving as well. The face that looked at you, did it open its mouth at all or was it closed the whole time? No, it was closed. Did that mouth move at all? Not that I noticed. Yeah. Steps off the road and just hunches down and then all of a sudden it looks like a, a, a tree stump. Yeah. As I'm driving past, I am looking out the window at the tree stump. As I go past, the, I'm looking at the tree stump going, what the heck? And that's the only thing I questioned. From there, I'm 12 kilometres from home, if that. It was like tick, tick, tick all the way home from there. Yeah. What shape was the nose? Was it a flat nose or a, a prominent nose? My family's Aboriginal. So some people are saying it looked Aboriginal. Um, to me, it didn't. To me, it looked between someone with a very flat pug nose, like people have said about boxes. Obviously, no cartilage type thing in the uh, nose to make it pointy or anything. But I felt that it was like a cross between a flat pug nose and an ape-like nose where the nostrils still um, had, like you could still look at the nostrils. They weren't just under the nose, but it was still a nose. <laughs> it wasn't like an ape where you just look at nostrils. The eyes, you didn't get a chance to see any reflection in your headlights? No, it color? did not have any reflection. Whether it was just because it looked at me quickly and um, then, you know, turned, I don't know. I feel like it reacted to my lights, but I didn't see a reflection. I think the lights... It hurt eyes, you know. It hurt its eyes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Did it lift its arm at all to sort of block out the light or just? No, no. I never even thought of that, but no, it didn't. So the second sighting, tell me about what happened. Tell me the story. Okay, so I am a night bird. I don't like the daytime and um, that's why I'm happy driving at night and doing things at night. So I decided that, with school holidays, my niece and I, who was an adult, were cleaning up my son's bedroom because <laughs> he always had mess. So we just cleaning it up. So I got my eldest son to look after one of the younger ones who was asleep. And at that stage, I had had another baby. And so I had her with me and my niece. So we packed up the 
Tarago and Blackbutt didn't have any, I don't know if it does now, but they didn't have any um, trash collection. So you had to take your own trash to the dump. As a single mum, you organise it for a trip instead of a dozen trips. The dump is about five kilometres from where I first saw the sighting because I sort of checked that out on Google Maps last night to see roughly. And so it's about oh, seven or so K from the house. We loaded up the car and um, we're heading off to the dump. And at that stage, before this night, you could go to the dump anytime you want. There was no gate type thing or barricade or anything then. I had gone to the dump numerous times at night and you don't have to pay or anything then. We're heading off to the dump. We get there, all of a sudden there's this gate and it's stopping us going into the dump. And at that stage I smoked and so did my niece. So we pulled up onto the right-hand side of the road. Now it's only really like a small bitumen road leading into there and then it goes into dirt to the dump so we pulled over to the right hand side because that's where the gate would open from heading towards it so I'm on the wrong side of the road I'm parked near the gate seeing if we can open the gate and I'm cranky because I'm like oh well they should have let us know they were putting a gate in can I get my car around the gate going through this stuff both got out we're having a smoke the car's running Um, My daughter's asleep in the car. The lights are on high beam, looking at the gate, and there's no way around, and I'm thinking, oh, should we just try and walk in? We're standing there having a smoke, and my car door's open, her passenger door's open, but we're in front of my passenger door with it open. We can smell this horrendous smell. We're commenting on how bad the dump smells and it doesn't usually smell that bad because everyone's been to a dump and dumps smell, but they're more like a musky sort of mouldy smell dumps. Food breaks down pretty quickly and plus there's animals like goannas and that, you know, getting it. So it's not like horrible, but this smell was burn your nostril type smell. It was like rotting smell. But it had more of a um, a urine smell, that really strong urine, ammonia, very strong ammonia smell. So we're sort of commenting, but we've got the heebie-jeebies. We're getting the heebie-jeebies. We're like, oh, it's like creepy here. And like we've been there before. It's not like we haven't been. We're both commenting on, you know, how creepy the place is still smoking and sort of laughing at how stupid we are at the dump at this time of night, not being able to get in. Then we sort of hear this sort of noise in the bush to the right of us, and it's extremely thick. We sort of looked at each other and go, did you hear that? And we're like, yeah, okay. So we're sort of looking into the bush now, which was the right-hand side. Eventually she goes, can you see that? And she's going, look, eyes. And I'm like, where? And she's showing me, and then it's like they blinked, I guess there were these red eyes and I'm like, oh, they do look like eyes. And we're sort of just standing there staring at it. It's starting to come closer to us. And the more it came closer, the more they look like real eyes. 
eventually it was probably about, gosh, I would say three metres in thick bush away from us that we just we just couldn't stand there any longer. We just screamed, jumped in the car and got out of there. Now, these eyes, had they were glowing and there was no reflection coming from anything because the headlight like going straight ahead and it was nowhere near going to where these eyes were. I, I didn't know what they were. They were really high up. I would say seven and a half to eight foot again high. At that stage, I never ever put it down to it's a yowie or something like that because I'd never heard of them having red eyes or anything like that. Did it make any noise, any vocalisations? None, none whatsoever. This thing was observing us. Although it was frightening and scary and there was just this horrible get the hell out of here feel, I didn't feel that it was like hunting us or anything like that. It was more going, what the hell are you doing here? Like type thing, just observing us. Because here's two stupid females in the bush in the middle of the night. The Benarkin State Forest goes for kilometres and kilometres. I don't know how big it is. And the terrain is incredible. It's just mountainous and pine tree forest and then really thick bush. Um, there's deer and wild pig and all of that around there. It's just extremely thick. And the bush all um, led onto that. Um, the dump I mean, led all onto that. And then I started to hear stories like from people on Yowie Hunters that glowing red eyes and it was that just gave me the heebie-jeebies. That's the only time I got the heebie-jeebies because I'm thinking that thing was like metres from us. We've had reports of red glowing eyes, orange, white. The colour varies but red's probably the most common one I'd say. This was like fire engine red, mm-hmm. very red, no question about it. It looked like it was blinking. Did you get the feeling it was looking at you straight on the whole time so you could see the two eyes the whole yeah, time? Yeah, the whole time. Obviously it was there the whole time. We heard movement in the bush but it wasn't like loud. It was like slight movement, whether it positions itself as it heard the car turn up and then here we are yapping up like nobody's business and casual as anything and then we started to get the heebie-jeebies but you do don't you out in the bush this was yeah after seeing that the, that was probably one of the most frightening things that I've I've felt you'd been to the tip before you're a night person so you're generally not afraid of the dark I would say and no um I wonder what gave you that heebie-jeebie feeling we got that before we saw yeah. the eye or yeah. heard anything. I wouldn't say that I felt like that someone was watching us because I would have looked around then for that. But it was just like you felt a presence. That's probably a better way to put it. Being raised around family and everything, you know, my parents didn't teach me this, but my uncles and aunties and nanas and that did, where um, you don't go anywhere in the bush at night and so on. And one of the other big things, which I've never heard anyone 
say before is that we always, like, especially women having their period should never go the bush because that will attract them. I have heard that before. You know, the whole thought of it being around the dump was like, well, that makes sense too, doesn't it? Like you can get whatever you want from the dump. Yeah, we have a report, I believe it was Woi Woi off the top of my head uh, in New South Wales. Three young men saw the same creature on the same night. That was in the dump at the tip there. Yep. It's not the first time we've heard we've yeah. heard a story. And it sort of makes sense if there's food scraps and things like oh, that. Around absolutely. The tip. Yeah. And the other thing I find interesting too is that when I have spoken to other family members and things like that, cemeteries, they're around cemeteries as well. Ah, that's interesting. So I started telling her about my sighting. She quickly interrupted me, which is normal. And she goes, I've got to tell you about my sighting. I've got to tell you about my sighting. I saw the Banakan Yowie. I said, Banakan? And she goes, yeah, the Banakan Yowie. You know the Banakan Yowie? And I'm like, well, maybe, but I'd never heard anyone call it that. She goes, yeah, yeah, I was driving really fast because she's terrible. She's a really naughty driver. Driving really fast with my friend and just near the um, tip, we nearly hit it. Not near the tip, near the cemetery. Now, I haven't asked her what year it would be, but it would be years after me. This whole thing, my sighting, both sightings and her sightings are all within like 5K of each other. There's another sighting in our database, uh, Black Butt in 2008, Kuya in 2007, Linville 2015, where they found footprints and handprints, Nanango, Manumba, uh, Nanango again in 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in the middle of a quite an active area. Yeah, yeah. I put up on Facebook chat thing just the other day, has anyone seen anything in the areas? And the responses I got with Black Panthers and Yowies was incredible. If you wouldn't mind asking them if they'd, if they'd have a chat to me, that would be fantastic. Kilcoy should not have the Yowie. You Black might have Kilcoy. a fight on your hands from the people in Kilcoy. There should be another one at Blackbutt because, oh, my gosh, the terrain around that area is just so perfect for something that would want to not be seen and not be disturbed because nobody goes through it much, if at all. I remember asking my friend, um, well, he's actually a brother, in, as in Blackfella, my brother, because he was working on the Backbutt Range when it had an avalanche and they had to redo the road up. The road was cut off for ages. You had to go all the way around to Gympie to get to King Roy, even to Blackbutt. I asked him had he heard anything because he was working that night because it had to have people on the road the whole time. And he goes, no, there was this one fellow, though. He said they had a, a traffic light thing that you could stop you going when there was one lane. They'd have one person on a truck coming down the um, Black Butt Range um, and then going up the Black Butt Range, and he controlled that traffic light, and the cars would follow him. Well, apparently when he came down one time, um, he got to the bottom and he said, <laughs> this always amuses me, a huge man in a furry coat banged on his the roof of his car and he got out of there. And I'm like, who the heck walks around in the middle of the night that's huge wearing a furry coat. Like, that makes no sense. But if that's how you want to, like, <laughs> take it in and live with it, that's fine. 
<laughs> I just was highly amused. This large man with a furry coat. It's highly unlikely, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I really care about that it gets documented so that we have an understanding more. That's exactly what Australian Yowie Research is all about. Thank you.